Good evening, Suns fans! Matthew, should I, should I start doing that for the, for the intro <laughs> yeah, every time now? You should, you should. And probably bomb just like uh, <laughs> the office when he tries to do, pull that off. But yeah. I just saw Good Morning Vietnam for the first time two weeks Even, ago. So, Dude, that is such I, an amazing it's movie. It's a great, great film, man. And uh, it's crazy to go back and watch all these historical films you've never seen. Historical. And it's like, wow, they, they still hold up in a way. Yeah, <laughs> they're a little historical. They're historical. <laughs> uh, they deal with Vietnam. No, it's it's really good. It's it's like a uh, Rob Williams doing stand up comedy pretty much for like an hour and a half, and then like they yeah. weave in some serious shit in there. But it's a it's a really good. Oh, I'm glad you finally got to see that one, man. That's a yeah, fantastic. Yeah. The, the Colonel too that he goes back and forth with that guy's actually he's like the steal of the movie. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't they have like a young Force Whitakers in that movie? Oh, maybe yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's a, weeks ago. <laughs> historically speaking, historically speaking, Matthew finally got to see uh, <laughs> Good Morning Vietnam. Well, good evening, Suns fans, and welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you taking some time out of your day, whether you're watching along live with us on YouTube or if you're listening to us wherever you get your podcast we appreciate it if you happen to be with us on youtube go ahead and hit that thumbs up button that helps algorithms and such lets other people know where to get sun's content even if it isn't the regular season yes we're back to doing sunday and thursday evenings at 7 p.m arizona time and this is something that we'll continue to do probably all the way up until about eh, preseason right matthew yeah yeah of course man yeah, so that Sounds nice, good. consistent kind of flow uh, to let you know when and where we are going to be live on YouTube. And if you're listening to this podcast, they'll go. we'll post it on all of our different podcasting platforms following the show being completed. And make sure wherever you are consuming this content that you're subscribing, you're rating and reviewing if you can. It's interesting because if you go to like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, if that's where you listen to the podcast and you always hear us on the show, like subscribe, rate and review. Like those those platforms don't let you rate and review. Only Apple really does. <laughs> yeah. They're checking. They're like, I can't. Yeah, Sorry, I can't. Where, where do I do? Because I've, I've, I've yeah. gotten that in the DMs. People have you know, slid into the DMs and they've been like, hey, Voida, where can I rate and review? I'm like, on Apple. And they're like, I listen to on Spotify. I'm like, hey, just subscribe, man. That's all we need. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that. Do. And if you do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it right here on the show. And I'm actually going to put Matthew on the spot. Matthew, you get to read mm-hmm. our latest five-star review on Apple. So let's, let's pull do that it. up. Oh, from it's what, a super long one, from, too. Huh? From Wet Like I'm Book 1, Matthew, how about you read that for everybody? All right. Let, let's test this out. I haven't read a book in a while to somebody out loud. So my niece, <laughs> since she was two years old. Hey, fellas, run it back. He starts off with exp- explanation point, explanation point. Is that to add that in there or no? Yeah, hey, fellas. To. Glad to Comma. see you guys. <laughs> Comma. <laughs> if you're doing Glad all the punctuations. <laughs> okay. I'm just yeah, kidding. Here we go. Uh, no, it's like how my mom, when she talks into her phone, to send yes. a text, that's what she does. So. So, okay, let me start over. Run it back. Hey, fellas, glad to see you guys moving on to bigger things. Listen to you guys all last season, and it was a fun ride. Even though we came two games short, it was still cool and felt all the emotions of Suns fans, and these episodes are just that. These are these are an escape to feel the pain and joy of each game with a Sarge sar- breakthrough. <laughs> A Sarge break thrown in there and there. I don't know what that means. Thanks to all you guys. What you do keep up the great content. Oh yeah. Can't forget. We, we got JaVale McGee. It's lit. Yeah, exactly. We're all big JaVale McGee fans. Not yet. 
hasn't signed yet, but he should be joining us next season. I hope uh, he didn't write any of what you just said uh, about the signing <laughs> next season, but he ended it, you know, again, wet like on book. Thanks for giving us this five star yeah. review. He ends it with hashtag massive meat McGee. So we do the big dick book here. So apparently massive meat McGee is going to be something we might have to even make a segment for next year. Who knows if he ever signs with us, but uh, good job, Matthew way to read. Thanks, dude. Uh, I am you, dyslexic, but thanks. I'm working on it. Look, you nailed it, man. Mm-hmm. Those uh, hooked on phonics really has worked for you. And I'm, I'm proud of you. And I'm, I'm proud of anybody who gives us those five-star reviews. So thank you for doing that, everybody. We're going to kick off the show and talk about stick season, seeing as Summer League has pretty much come to a wrap for the Phoenix Suns. And that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about Jalen Smith. We want to talk about the back end of the roster, uh, share some of our thoughts on other things going on in the league. And then we'll have a little mailbag session at the end. But you drinking anything tonight, Matthew, on this beautiful Sunday night? I got my Dasani water. Ooh, I'm going to pop tonight. open an ice-cold Diet Dr. Pepper. This then you must be off tomorrow, man. <sighs> no, I work. Oh, you're going to be up all night. Uh, I will. So cheers, everybody. Let's talk about the suns, in it? Summer League has completed for the Phoenix Suns, ending with a 2-2 two and two overall record. I don't believe that they're going to be in any of the playoff stuff. Uh, I really haven't paid that much attention to the playoff stuff. I've just kind of watched the Suns games, although I did miss last night. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, I just got to say, I, I don't got to say, I'm just going to throw it out there one last time. The Sticks Summer League Report. Yes, the Sticks Summer League Report. It's the last time we're doing this because next time we talk about Sticks, uh, it won't be in the Summer League. It'll be the preseason. And, you know, you kind of take a look at how he performed in this. Uh, you know what? I, I messed up. I didn't do that. I got to ask you a thing. Oh, yeah. Gotta, that's true. No, it's fine. It's been, yeah, I feel like it's been a while. I'll, well, you know what? We'll, we'll stick with Sticks and then I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask you a question here a little bit. But statistically speaking, you know, and I've consistently said and I've consistently written on Bright Side of the Sun, that's not about the stats. Of course, that is if they don't necessarily fit your narrative. And if you look at Jalen Smith and how he performed in the four games in Summer League, 16.2 points per game, which is eighth all time in Suns Summer League history. He ended with 12.5 rebounds per night including five offensive boards a night. That's first ever in Suns Summer League history. Seven three-point attempts per game. That's the most ever taken in Summer League by a member of the Phoenix Suns. And he shot 35.7% from three and 81.8% from the free throw line. So looking at just the stats, Matthew, not the actual performances, what are your thoughts on Jalen Smith's Summer League? Oh, it was great. And honestly, isn't there one more game tomorrow? Is he not playing tomorrow? Or what's what's the deal with that? Is I know there a that game they tomorrow? Play, they play the Cavs tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. O'clock. So so they did get slotted into one of the uh, the little like playoff things that they're doing. Because tomorrow and uh, Tuesday are the last two days of Summer League. So there you go. So they do get an yeah, opportunity to play. Yeah, two and play. two so, made it, I guess. Yeah. Two and two made it. Okay. <laughs> that's It put them against the Cavs. Uh, which, dude, that's going to be fun. Oh, three o'clock. Fuck, I got to work. Uh, yeah. That's, that's Evan I'll Mobley. I'll on my phone. Yeah, no, man. Uh, I'm actually excited to see that one. Well, there you go. Um, so, so up yeah, to this point, though, based on the statistics, how do you feel about Jalen Smith's summer league thus far? 
I think it's been good. You know, it started off a little rocky, right? I mean, he is, his first game, it's like, eh, you know, the performance that you want him to have, even if you want to trade him, he wasn't having it, but he picked it up. And I think it's more difficult than people realize on that summer league team because they haven't played together. There's no cohesiveness at all really with that team. So they're going to kind of realize that, you know, they got to do what they have to do independently on that team to, to put up their stats, do what they need to do, and also try to get the wins as well to show that they're, you know, a team player. But I think he did it all. Honestly, I think that the opportunities that were given to him on the offensive end, he made the most out of them. He was, he, as the games went on, he he made up his mind quicker decisions offensively to give the shot you know he had that little jump shot early last game mm-hmm. in the first half but i was like oh he just took it threw it up you know he made a quick decision there so you like to see that he seems a lot more comfortable and i think just the stats alone if you look at it you're like you know this guy's on a bus for the position he was at we did pass up on halliburton i don't know if you want to throw that out there you know of course a lot of people hate that but he he did just enough, I feel like, in the summer league to show, like, you know what? This is what Monty and James Jones saw in him. They saw a player that could put up these stats, shoot from three, get those rebounds. Rebound is not even a thing. It's like a DeAndre Ayton thing where a double-double is just easy for him. Roll out of bed, double-double. So that's the way he was in the summer league. Whether that whether or not that translates to the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the regular season, who knows? But he did what he had to do in summer league, and that's what we wanted to see, just him to put up the stats and good, decent play. Precisely, because look at it the other way. If he had averaged six points and three rebounds, like we would have been done with this guy, you know, but him averaging 16 and 12, almost 13 rebounds in summer league, displaying his high motor, having those instances where he flashed the talent that we knew he possessed. And clearly James Jones knew he possessed because he drafted him 10th overall in the 2020 NBA draft. You, you have to leave the summer league satisfied with what sticks has has put together that he does display the talent and the physical abilities to accomplish what ultimately james jones wanted him to do and knowing that you're going into next season with dario Saric out there will be i feel an opportunity for him you know and it starts with summer league if he had had a shitty summer league yeah you're most likely trading him you're most likely uh, even if he does make the big league roster, if you will, you know, I mean, it's four million a year that he's garnering. You're you're not going to necessarily have confidence to play him, just like the Suns didn't last year. They didn't have the confidence to play him, and now, based off of you know how he performed holistically, do you think he did enough to earn a spot in the rotation for Monty Williams? Uh, no, I don't think. Okay, <laughs> this that's is fair. So, that's fair. Honestly, you know. Yeah. The way this is, even with uh, Tyshawn, we're hoping a lot from him. Even if he were to come out and ball even more than what he's shown, I feel like no. Because I think what they're setting right now for the Suns is you have to really prove yourself on the court immediately. I mean, he's going to get some minutes if he stays on the team. For me, I honestly do think he'll be traded. Uh, I just think that's how it is. And I would love to see him on their bench and come off of it to show this kind of performance. But that's just something the Suns hope would happen. I, th- mm-hmm. I still think it would be a process for him to get on the floor, get consistent minutes, and put up consistent play. That's going to take some time for him, man. And I just don't think the Suns are in that mood in the era right now to experiment with that still. I love what he did in, in Summer League. I, I do. It was good enough to really show another team, like, hey, this might be an experiment for him to come in, put up some good numbers, and maybe just improve. But I just don't think the Suns have the time. I, I I still don't. And that's just my gut feeling. 
Okay, fair. And that's, you know, again, I, I don't know if I can necessarily answer that question at this point. I think that there can, and I mentioned this yesterday, I was, you know, uh, lucky enough to be on with Dave King on the Solar Panel podcast, uh, which was tough because it's eight in the morning. I'm like, dude, I don't do eight in the morning well. <laughs> you know, I do it well in like my personal life, but like getting on a podcast and talking and being that coherent in the morning, I was just like, I was better for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But one of the things that I mentioned was benchmarks. I think that is very important, just like you and I have always talked about with Devin Booker, what it takes to be considered a, a star in the league, what benchmarks you have to hit. You have to play well in summer league just to get into the league. You have to play well during the league. You have to become an all-star. You have to get to your team to the playoffs. You have to win a playoff series. You know, and Devin Booker has hit all those benchmarks all the way up to the point where now he uh, is has an NBA Finals appearance underneath his belt. Now you're kind of resetting that that thinking when it comes to Jalen Smith. And with Jalen Smith, you know, the benchmark was perform well in the summer league. And that he has done. And now he's going to have an opportunity when the Suns play in the preseason to have more minutes, to have more effect on the game, to be slotted in in different opportunities with different members of some of the starting rotation players, whether they're starters or just the top nine players, and to see how he responds with them, see how he mm -hmm. holds his own on the court. And then I think based off of that benchmark, of how he plays, you're going to see him get a little bit of an opportunity inside the, the rotation throughout the season because it is a long season. And I really think that eventually I can see him kind of taking on the Kaminsky role of last season outside of the time when Frank Kaminsky started. So Kaminsky played, uh, or he, he played, what, 34 games that were not in a starting capacity. And that's 47% of the Suns' total games. So 47% of their entire regular season, Frank Kaminsky played in some capacity, and he paid, and he played 14.2 minutes per game in those non-starting games. I can see Jalen Smith doing something similar in the 2021-22 season based off of how he performs in the, the uh, preseason. I can see him getting like 14 minutes a game kind of sporadically here and there based on you know, back to backs, uh, all, all the uh, the external circumstances around playing an 82 game schedule. If there's an injury, uh, he'll have an opportunity. If it is a back to back, there might be an opportunity. You know, obviously that's kind of uh, up to him what he does with that time. You know, Frank Kaminsky mm -hmm. in those minutes averaged like six points a game and like two rebounds. Uh, so you know how he's used and how he is productive in that time will dictate whether or not he sees more time or less time for that matter. So, you know, I can't at this point say, yes, he's earned a rotation spot much akin to yourself, Matthew. I can't guarantee it. I think I'm a little bit more optimistic because of what he did. Knowing that the guy can rebound and has that affinity for rebounding, especially on the offensive end, those are the kind of things that are going to get you in the game. And we know with James Jones, he likes those specialty guys. And it's funny because I went back and I was looking at our podcast from uh, prior to the 2020 draft, and we were talking about Jalen Smith with Flex from Jersey. And we'll talk about him here in a little bit because I know that uh, a couple people in, in the uh, the chat have like, hey, have you seen um, all of his tweets, uh, Flex's tweets about trades and things of that nature? Like, we'll talk about that here in a second. But it was interesting hearing us talk about Jalen Smith that says, hey, he does a lot of things well. And one of my comments was like, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a Monty guy. Monty likes a guy who does one thing really, really well. And in this case, it looks like Jalen Smith is a very, very good rebounder. And that's something that this team needs. Yeah, it is. And the way he's been rebounding, too, we talked about it, <clears throat> excuse me, I think after maybe the first game, 
Yeah, uh, he, it, just the way because you don't see that in, the, in what he's doing when he comes in last year. What the the way he would come in, he just seems so out of sorts. He didn't know what was really going on. But in summer league, he kind of knew where to go for those rebounds, and I like the way he reacted after a shot was put up. Get to the rim, offense on the offensive side or defensive side. So that was awesome. And I think rebounding is a good thing that he can do. And, you know, if he wants to take the Frank minutes, that's fine. I don't think those are too hard to fill. I think the best Frank did play was in game six all season last year. He put up some good stats in game Mm -hmm. six and had a good stretch there. But if Sticks comes in to fill that role, that's fine. But the thing for me, I'm just thinking that it's not, it might be good enough because there's a reason they took him when they did over the players that were still left to think like, okay, if we have to take anybody here that, because I'm pretty sure they were trying to trade that pick. I'm trying, I'm sure they were trying to trade back. It didn't matter. Just like this year, picks don't matter. And the fact that they took him that early, it's like, all right, if we had to take anybody that might have a future with this team that will play any minutes right off the bat, it would probably be sticks. Of course, last year, the way the season worked out, no summer league, nothing to really get, you know, into a flow with any, even the second team unit for sticks. It just, it was it was a thing that just could not happen last year. So this year it could. I just really still think though that he'll be traded. And on the floor, it when you watch him in summer league and he hits those threes, they yeah. look so sweet and so nice. And it just yeah. remi- I mean, he's not Devin Booker, but it just reminds me of like the way <laughs> no Book shit. used to play. Yeah, yeah, the way Book <laughs> used to play. That what a bunch of chaos! Like just from the whole team itself, losses after losses. But you always saw Book hit those three pointers it's like oh man this guy's gonna be good and i'm not getting the same feeling but those those threes look pretty freaking good from him so i mean if he's the guy that comes in and he gets those frank touches the way frank is always open on the outside for three i trust sticks in that situation to drain it more than frank of course so yeah he has the edge whether or not he'll be on the team next year who knows man it's really up in the air and the suns are taking their time they're taking their time it's smart get through summer league, figure out who's left, who's a buyout, whatever, yes. all that crap. So taking your time is the best thing right now for the Suns. No, I completely agree. And I think that his versatility offensively is something that bodes well for him as well. You know, knowing that he can take the threes. And I mentioned this early on in summer league. I'm not, I don't want to see him shoot threes based on his historicals. I want to see what he can do in the paint. I want to see physicality, but Obviously, you know, once I said that, he comes out and he goes, what, like four for seven from three uh, the next game? And I was like, okay, well, shit, what the hell do I know? Uh, but yeah, I think that, again, yeah. it, it just goes to show you that his versatility, his comfortability with shooting that three ball is something that is going to get him noticed and going to give him an opportunity to perhaps get some minutes come uh, the regular season. Steve Haller in the chat uh, says, Paul Reed or Sticks? And I know that oh, a, a lot of people have been bringing up Paul Reed. He had, what, a 24-point, 20-rebound game the other night for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's somebody that uh, I had no idea Suns fans really liked, and all of a sudden I'm getting a bunch of people saying, we should have you know traded back, and we should have got Paul Reed and things of that nature. Yeah. Who would you take, Paul Reed or Sticks? Oh, man. Well, I mean, they came at totally different parts of the draft. So this is the yeah. first I've even really heard about Paul Reed start like with summer league performances. He's putting up the 20 and 20s. But the think about him taking him over sticks is so it's just so different because I feel like the way the Suns are now, how I just said, where picks don't matter. This guy was almost picked last in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the Suns were to trade back and get him, I'm sure they tried to. That's the thing. I just think if you were to take Paul Reed in Six's place, is that what we're asking here? Is well, Paul so, Reed in Six's place? Well, it's a little, so, so, it's a little Steve, weird. so Steve Haller's asking who's better, Sticks or Paul Reed? Hmm. I'm going to say Sticks all day. 
I am. I don't know. I don't well, know he, yet. In summer league, I just don't know. Well, man. That's a great point. That we don't know. In summer league, like, yeah, you can look at a 24 point and a 20 rebound game and be like, wow, this guy's amazing. But also remember something for both of these yeah. guys. You know, there's gonna be a lot of rebounds in summer league because a lot of guys are missing shots. So when you see 20 rebounds, it's like it goes back to kind of the old Oscar Robinson uh triple double argument. Those teams that Oscar Robinson used to play for back, you know, when he played for what the Kansas City Kings, they the the entire NBA at the time was such a faster pace that they used to average like 20 more shots a game. So there's naturally going to be more rebounds. The same thing with summer league. Like there's going to be inflated numbers in there that are going to, you know, you'll look at a stat sheet and be like, oh, damn. But then you go and you look at the field goal percentage of the team shooting and they shot, you know, 32% from the field. Well, guess what? You're going to get more rebounds there. So therefore it's going to look sexier in that way. And, and, Jalen Smith has benefited from that as well. You look at what Paul Reed's done in his three games in summer league. He's has 14.3 points per game and 10 rebounds per game. So his 10 rebounds per game is he got that after having a 20 rebound game. So you see the one great game from him. All of a sudden you're like, dude, that guy, he's amazing. It's like, yeah, but he didn't have other great games either. And uh, by the way, Paul Reed, no free uh, no made three pointers. And he averages mm-hmm. one per game, so he's chucked up. Three so you would them. like that then? <laughs> no, but we, no, I get what you're saying though, that would be because nice I do want that interior presence. But again, yeah. what Jalen Smith has showcased is he can score on three different levels. Essentially, he can shoot. He can score from the three pointer. He can shoot from uh, the free throw line, and he can score down low. You know, and yeah, he's got a lot of work to do down low on how he finishes. But I'd rather have somebody who I know is going to be one a really solid rebounder, but two can score in a lot of different ways because that keeps the defenses off uh, audit honest i'm sorry so yeah you know that that's no, where sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> no i'm sorry we're you having fun today right <laughs> oscar robinson cincinnati royals that's right yeah it's before <clears throat> the kings royals you know what i'm saying yeah. frank brown you know what i'm saying and there's uh, there's a good point brought up. oh just really quick code jjm put up but why was it okay to give the number one pick in eight and a big man uh as a big man so much leeway in time but a number one a number 10 pick that's a good as question. like jalen smith like he has to be good as a P he says he can be something soon. Uh, it's a good point. And I think that maybe back then, if oh man, I think if, if we weren't, I don't know. Why does it keep clicking? That? I keep putting oh. it back up there. <laughs> Cause it's a good question. And I want us to talk about it. And you keep unclicking it. I thought, see, I thought the way it goes is you bring it up, you read it and you take it off. You no, know, you, you let get it out there as quick as you can. That, that's the All topic. Right. Let's talk about the topic. So again, so, code JJM says, why is it okay to give a number one pick like DeAndre Ayton as a big man? So much leeway in time, but a number 10 pick like Jalen Smith has to be good ASAP. He can be something soon. Matthew, you yeah, have the so, floor. So for Aiden, I think maybe back then, maybe it's something where, okay, Aiden's not performing and Booker is in the situation that he was in before Aiden was drafted. So if, if Aiden was drafted last year and then the Booker is the way he is now, we get Chris Paul and Aiden is just not the deal then yes, I think he would be traded. I think he would be an option to trade for a vet, a guy to come in, maybe like a Carl Anthony Towns. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a player like that that can come in and bring an instant offense and, of course, not the defense, but just a player that can provide what, what the Suns need right now to win a championship. So Aiden proven himself now is three years, and we always say five years. I, I always think it takes five years to get the best performance out of a big guy, but it's just a different situation. I think these picks are just so thrown away right now by the franchise to where when you are picking anybody right now in this last year, I think we may, do we even have one pick next year? I don't even remember. It's, but a, it's do, a pick swap with OKC it, if they okay. choose. So if we have a better record than them, they're not going to want to pick swap. So we'll get that pick. 
Okay, well, even then, it's like, does it matter? I know the future, the future of the Suns. So what's going to happen if we don't win a championship the next two years? These guys are still super young. And that's the thing you can't really worry about, too. I know that the after what happened last time with the Suns with Nash in that era, we went through the 10-year span of no playoffs. That's fine to worry about. But right now, you're trying to get a championship. You're trying to have a guy that can come on the floor and get you a win. And that's really what they're focused on. So I think that's just the biggest difference. It's just that where the franchise is right now and what they're really trying to focus on instead of developing these young guys. Oh, exactly. So why was it okay to give a number one pick like Aiden as, as a big man so much leeway in time? What, what, do, what do you mean leeway in time? Like, one, he's a number one pick. So you're going you're gonna to give him an opportunity to play because he's a number one pick. But all we did was bitch about him for three years until we got to we the did. playoffs. The fan base collectively, the solid you, the you, the uh, the elite jamsters, us on Twitter, everyone dogged eight and every chance they could because we want him to be Hakeem Olajuwon. And he was in like his two and a half seasons. Remember, 25 games out of his sophomore season were taken away due to suspension. So I don't feel like we gave him so much leeway in time. We gave him an appropriate amount uh, amount of time. And then he showed up in the playoffs, and now he becomes almost an untouchable uh, asset. Uh, and it's the same thing with Jalen Smith. Like, there's a section of the fan base who's like, who they want instant production from him now. They've wanted instant production from everybody wants instant production. Everybody wants no. Uh, they they have no patience. And we've learned this time and time again. Like, you have to have patience with every draft pick. You have to have patience with every asset that you get. That's a young asset. Because you go back to like Devin Booker when he was 18, we had to give him like four years until he really started to, you know, stop making the dumb turnovers, really get consistent with his scoring. Now he showed flashes just like Aiton did. Aiton would show flashes. I mean, you and I were at a game, his rookie season where he scored like 20 points in a quarter, you know, so he showed the flashes and that's all, you know, as we've talked about Jalen Smith, that's what I've been trying to talk about this entire summer league. It's like, I'm just looking for the flashes of talent, mm -hmm. athletic ability. I don't need it consistently yet. Now, obviously, to your point, we are a team that is in a championship window. We have a young, solid core, and you want to ensure that you are doing anything you can to fortify that core instead of utilizing those minutes as developmental minutes. We don't have the time for the developmental minutes right now. This isn't, you know, everything that the timeline was leads to right now. That's why the timeline existed, you know, and again, you're not going to hit with every draft pick, and you hope that because. Jalen Smith was drafted number 10, that he's going to be a good pick. But I mean, the Suns have displayed over the past six years. There's a lot of misses and we're not the only team that that happens to. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers took Anthony Bennett, number one overall. No one even knows who the fuck that guy is. If you go, dude, who's Anthony Bennett? He's like, does he play tight end for the Ravens? Like nobody knows. And it's, mm -hmm. it just goes to show you. It's just like, you're going to miss on some picks. And I don't think that we gave DeAndre too much leeway. We gave him the opportunity and he earned the right to continue to be out there and continue to uh, you know just be the center of this team because of the way that he performed with Paul and with Aiton or with uh, Booker. Yeah, and honestly, Monty he brought up too a lot how he would give those those hard talks to Aiton all all year long, and I think it came to the point where when we started seeing the flashes towards the end of the year after the trade deadline, it was just like he they either said, "Hey, look, it we're we're trying to win championship. Either you need to step it up now." or else we're probably looking to trade you or do something. Maybe something like that came up. Who knows? Because it takes a lot sometimes to get these guys going. And I'm not saying Aiden's at his full potential, but he showed what his potential can be. And, of course, when it comes against Giannis in the finals, it's hard to keep that up against a guy who's already proven and knows how to win. 
So the next step for Aiden is to show his team he knows how to win in certain situations, not in the finals, but just like he can take over. And he did that this postseason, I think, already. Oh, yeah. So it's like somebody, something happened to where they're like, dude, you're going to get traded your ass out of here if you don't step up. Because what else would have happened? Because he turned it on so quickly because he already had it in him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Usually the development, the way he was playing earlier in the season and last season, the way he took off and just like that in a matter of games, it's something that something was just said to him. Like you got, if you want to make your money, if you want to not be traded, this is what you need to do for us. And he did it. So, and and again, to like the Jalen Smith point as well, like both the guys possess talent. Like he has the talent to do it. It's one thing to have somebody sit there and talk to you. I mean, I think we've all been in those situations in our personal lives where you'll have a a boss or something, sit down and talk to you or if a clap, like chemistry, I, I cannot do chemistry to save my life. Like I know I'm not a stupid person. I'm not a smart individual, but I know I'm not dumb. But chemistry is just something that never made sense to me. So like I used to go and I used to talk to the teacher. They did everything they could to make sense, but I literally couldn't execute it. You know, and that like there's some players that that's how it is. Like physically, mentally, they just can't execute part the X's O's in the game. Aiden has that capacity. And then to have him develop with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, and Monty Williams, uh, mm-hmm. you saw the fruit. You saw that come to fruition in the, the past playoffs. We hope that Sticks has the same opportunity to do so. Uh, we just don't know if it's necessarily going to occur, which kind of brings me up to my next point. It's, you know, do you believe in any of the trade rumors on Suns Twitter, uh, most notably bringing like Thad Young to Phoenix? Because if you look and, you know, somebody's mentioned it earlier, uh, Flex from Jersey has been kind of all over this. He, his, one of his latest tweets that occurred today said a quick Suns update. Sticks is making things interesting in a good way for the Suns. A package of Sarich. And Smith is still very likely per my discussions, but the list of candidates may have grown beyond Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., and Thaddeus Young. Keeping sticks is also in play. Patience is the key right now. What what do you take away from that tweet outside of it says absolutely nothing? We could either trade him or not trade him. <laughs> That's literally what it says. But what, yeah. what, what are your what are your thoughts on the potential trading of Jalen Smith? You know, if it happens for any of those guys, and maybe I'll fight you on love. I, I wanted love before, and I think <sighs> yeah, you will if fight we were to love. get no, yeah, okay. So these guys, of course, I think they're an improvement from what we had. I think we saw the best Sarich that we were gonna get, and I don't know if it was good enough, right? I don't know if it was good enough to really get us over the hump, and unfortunately got hurt. So if he were to be traded and sticks for any of those three guys, maybe besides love, it is an upgrade, and I think that's what they need. So. The way I'm reading that tweet, there's nothing that really sparks anything that that makes me like just, you know, outrage or like, no, this cannot happen. Do not get rid of these two guys for any of those guys. If it were to happen for love, I would even be like, maybe it makes sense because the way you're looking at it right now is Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They both know, I feel like, what they need on their team to win a championship. They both know the improvements they need from their players on their squad, whether or not you think it's Monty Williams or or uh our james jones making the decisions that they are but i think those two have their input i think they know exactly what needs to be done to upgrade this year so those three guys i think yeah they might be an upgrade and kevin love maybe not but i just don't know what you would get from kevin love but that young and uh who is i'm sorry who's the other one larry nance jr larry nance jr and we both like i think we both like him that's Mm -hmm. an upgrade so 
you know, it, it's a it's a nice solid tweet. If you're asking me about the tweet, it's a good solid tweet to make me rest easy at night that nothing's gonna get effed up. So that's how I think. Well, and again, you know, life is about having options. That's all you can do is, is try to put yourself in a situation in which you have options. And Sticks playing well has definitely provided an option for the Suns. I go back to what I said earlier. If he had averaged six points and three rebounds, no one would be talking about him as a tradable asset. But now, yeah. due to his performance, it does create somewhat of a tradable asset. Now, obviously, Dario Sarch would have to be part of any one of those deals simply to make the money work because of his nine or what, 8.8 .8 million plus the four that uh, uh, Jalen Smith makes. That's 12 million. So that kind of puts you in the range of trading for some of these players. Uh, but at the same time, like that's that's a big ask. That's a big ask to say, hey, we're going to trade a guy who just uh, tore his ACL. Do you want to take that on in an effort? You know, unless another team's general manager has watched Summer League and is unbelievably impressed with Jalen Smith and thinks that, yes, this could be a huge part of our future. That's one side of it. The other side of it, again, is, you know, looking at the construction of this roster. If whoever comes in will have the playing time. And obviously if they're a more talented person like Thaddeus, I mean, that's, that, that's the name that let's not lie. The majority of Suns fans see that name. They're just like, yes, I want Thaddeus. Yes. It makes us better. Yes. And, and like, that's true. But in like reality, again, this isn't NBA 2k and I don't know how plausible it is. You, the option does exist. Uh, and me and Dave were talking about it on the solar panel yesterday. Like imagine seeing Jalen Smith go over to the Spurs though, in an effort to get Thad young, like, that's that that would hurt because he probably thrived that's the way that it's system. gonna happen right yeah these players that every time there's a player in the draft or traded that we don't want to see go and they go they go to the teams that we yeah. hate and we always yes. have to play <laughs> so that's the way it's supposed to work do you think happen. that or so you know it's one thing to say you're to ask you the question it's like can they trade him do you want them to trade jalen smith no no, I, I don't. My Okay, so my gut's saying they're going to. But if, yeah, like you just asked, do I want him to? No, because I think that he can provide something better than what Frank can. I think he can give mm -hmm. us some good minutes. And I just think the way the team is right now, I don't. I think they might trade him. But if they don't, and if they do, I'd be happy either way. <laughs> well, that's a good way to, to feel. But I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with I you. Control this, though, yeah. I'm, I can't None of us can. All we can do is speculate. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't want them to trade. Jalen Smith I like what I saw in summer league enough to where I think that again if we give him 14 minutes a night on what 47 percent of our games during the regular season we could see him potentially uh grow I think that he can provide productive minutes and long you know short-term greed long-term greed he might have the ability to help this team through this regular season and then after this regular season provide quality minutes moving forward you know I think that yeah then you don't have to bring back Frank Kaminsky or you or you have more options again and I really think that you can't overload your team with so many players that you don't have an opportunity to develop any chemistry. It's what the Lakers are doing. The Lakers have a roster stacked full of guys who took minimums to come play. And it's going to be hard for them to navigate all those, all those minutes, all those egos and still win games consistently. Don't get me wrong. Like they have talent, so they will win games, but we've seen it happen where some teams have are so stacked, if you will, that they don't have the ability to have any consistency from a chemistry standpoint. And that's where the Suns thrived this past season. Everybody knew their role, accepted their role, and performed it accordingly. 
And if you start to take people like Cam Johnson, who's coming into his third year, and you have to cut some of his minutes because Thad Young is now on the team and has to garner at least 20 minutes for him to be happy. So instead of getting 26 minutes of Cam a night, we're getting 15 to 20. You know, you might not have the same buy-in that we had from Cam this past season. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons both ways. Uh, but I hope personally that we keep Jalen Smith and we just have the opportunity to watch him develop and grow while this team continues to win. That would be good. You know, I'd be happy for that too. You know, I'm a soft soul. I would, I would love to see him back, man. And I would love to see just the story and the evolution of him. I really would, but you know, either way I'm okay, man. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I missed it at the <laughs> beginning of the podcast, but Matthew, I got to ask. I forgot to do the I gotta ask segment with you, Matthew. Uh, but I was reading on the Twitter earlier this week where I saw Jeff, uh, somebody had commented about how Jeff Van Gundy made a comment about Devin Booker as they were both on the same flight coming home from Tokyo. And he goes, Some people can stop on a dime. Little, our, our friend Devin Booker, he can sleep on a dime. He's one of the guys, it's like, you know, he can sit in the corner and all of a sudden, boom, he's asleep. Are you yeah. an easy sleeper like Book? where you can sleep on a dime or are you someone who has a hard time crashing? It depends what's happening. If I have stuff to worry about, there's certain situations going on with the friend groups and there's things going on to where I'm just anxious about it. Am I going to be left out? Things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> you like your face is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a worrier. So, uh, you know, I might be up. It depends what's going on. But for me, it doesn't strike me as surprising for book because he's a chill dude. Right. Yeah. But then what, what do you take? Someone maybe in uh, one of the jams is going to help me out. What do you take to fall asleep, though? What is that again? It's in the Drake Melatonin? song. No, no, it's uh, opposite of Adderall. It's something you 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 pop. It's in the Drake song where he talks about book being wet. I'm. This is terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> take a lap. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> Ma- Ma- Matthew. Listen, like based on everything that you have just said, I think it's appropriate that you do take a lap. Terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> you gotta take a lap after I that. I set myself up for that yeah, one. Yeah, you bought, you <laughs> What bo- do you, you think, though, man? You, you, watch, mean, you watch that one. I can you, sleep on a dime, you dude. You like, I know you can. I was gonna dude, say, I you can, can sleep anywhere. I, every, I was everywhere. in the military, man. Like, if I can sleep standing up if I need to, dude. Like, you know, when you're yeah. tired, you just gotta sleep. Like, I, I, I remember one of my first girlfriends, I, we were in a class together, and one of the reasons that she noticed me is because I was in the back of the class just asleep. <laughs> You know, I'd finish the test and I'm like, I'm going yeah. to bed. She's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So that's the sexiest thing I've ever heard of. Oh, honestly, yeah, just falling asleep right in the, <laughs> right, yeah, right in the middle of class. Ambient. Uh, yeah. Nyquil. Nyquil. Beer. I love it. I love the jam series. You guys are the best. <laughs> An ambient beer. <laughs> Big old bag of weed. <laughs> Big old bag of weed. <laughs> oh, those weed pens. Those weed pens make you pass out. Those yeah. Are, you'll For sleep eight hours. Still knocks. I don't even know what that is. But yes, it is a classic Lissy moment. Uh, but let's move on to the next topic. Uh, the last roster spot. So mm-hmm. JaVale McGee, as we discussed a little bit earlier, he hasn't signed yet officially. Uh, but if he had, if he does take half of the mid-level exception, that leaves the Suns with $4.5 million to fill that final roster spot. And they also have the $3.5 million biannual exception if they choose to use that. So Matthew, what do they do to fill that final roster spot? Should they bring Tyshawn Alexander in and pay him? Or is he just a two-way contract waiting to happen? I think the best bet for him is a two-way, right? Just to know that it doesn't really count towards anything. Two-way for that. That's, but I think that, just, that's the best for the Suns, but that's what's yeah. best for Tyshawn. 
Oh, no, obviously not. But do you think he did enough in the summer league to really get anything else or what? I think so. You think so? He he might. He might have, and he might be gone. But if you're going to get somebody else, I mean, the needs are, of course, for the backup four, backup five. That's what we need, and that's what I, I want for sure. But right now, it's all about just taking your time. Yes. You know? And it's going to be some random name to fill the roster spot. We're going to be like, oh, there you go. There's our needs. We yes. needed this guy. He's going to fill the spot perfectly, whoever the hell it is. And it's going to work out. So that's what I'm waiting for, dude. I'm not really, I'm not worried about it. Is this something like you're worried about or just, we, we just no, need to but talk I think, about it? No, I just feel like, you know, we have an open, an open roster spot right now. So yeah. that's, you know, one of those questions is how are we going to fill it? Is is it a Paul Millsap thing? You know, is it, uh, I wish yeah. John Paul Edward D Dios says in the chat, he's like, keep it open for a player who will get bought out, which I think is what James Jones is, and is doing right now is he's just waiting yeah. for somebody to get bought out and bring him in here on either half of that mid-level ex- exception, or maybe you can even do it for cheaper for you know a veteran minimum. So I'm just interested to see if it occurs. I think with the Tyshawn situation, like, yeah, he's on a two-way contract with the Suns right now, and that's most likely what they'll want to bring him back on. But another team can offer him something. And if that occurs, you know, bye-bye Tyshawn. And, you know, so there is that option. It's like, hey, do you want to bring him in for $2 million a year or something? And just say, hey, you know, you're not on a two-way. It will hit the cap. Do you think that? You know, but again, at the same time, like, I like Tyshawn, but we have a lot of guards already. Like I like another name that's out there and it's been rumored to go to the nets. And you've heard me say this before is I'm really, really big on JJ Redick. I think he'd be great. But again, we have too many guards, you know, after we got Alfred Payton, that was kind of it. And Alfred's the perfect fit as a third backup point guard. You have Devin Booker, you have Landry Shamit. And I mean, you could bring in JJ Redick as a third backup uh, shooting guard if you want to, but I think that you're right. We need a little bit of size, uh, you know, that four slash five or a sli- or a wing, a three slash four to provide some depth behind Mikhail Bridges slash Cam Johnson. So I think that, you know, the options are there. I don't know what they're going to do with that, that last ras- roster spot, and you're dead right. It'll be some guy who we haven't even thought of because I've gone through like all the list of the guys who are available. I'm like, I can't see any of this happening. One of them will happen. We'll watch like two YouTube clips. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, they'll figure it out. And it's honestly, it's it's awesome because you know they're not going to make some big trade now with like Mikhail or Aiden in it. You know they're going to watch yeah. this team grow and to next year. I, th- I feel like they're probably that's not that's taken out. I think they're going to get paid and then they're going to fill the roster spot and just watch these guys grow into a uh, superstardom, right? Superstardom. That's the other. That's the other thing you really have to remember going into this next year, like every member of the Suns in theory should be get, getting better. I mean, they're a year closer to their prime. It's like, it's going to yes. be fun. It's going to be fun. Thoughts. Um, brains. So our thoughts, that's a segment where we talk about things that aren't necessarily Suns related, but are going on in the NBA. And I think obviously uh, the big one, I see a lot of the jamsters referencing it in the live YouTube chat. So a reminder, if you are here in the, the live YouTube chat, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe, all that fun stuff. But it is the trade that occurred today between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. The, the Clippers are trading Pat Bev, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu. Oturu, I don't even know how it is. Uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies for guard Eric Bledsoe. So obviously we have some history with some of those players. Rajon Rondo, originally drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Patrick Beverly public enemy number one during the Western Conference Finals, and Eric Bledsoe returning to the Los Angeles Clippers from whence he came before the Suns. So 
what are your thoughts on that kind of whole little trade thing going on over there and how it could potentially affect the Suns? When he's on Memphis, when yeah, did he that got, happen? I he got traded. Oh, my bad. I just didn't know that till this actually happened. I didn't know he was traded. Um, but he yeah, was part uh, of the Valachunas trade. Oh, okay, they, they yeah, traded yeah, okay. him, him my and bad. Steven Adams for Valachunas. Uh, okay. yeah, because, because, okay. because all the Pelicans are doing is like, listen, we want to keep Zion. So we're just going to make a bunch of transactions. None of them have made sense. Uh, that one included. No, no. I mean, my biggest thing was like, Hey, let Lonzo be the point guard. And then you get rid of both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got so, rid of I mean, both. <laughs> I don't know for Bledsoe, you know, I guess he's back to when he was a mini LeBron back uh with the clippers Jeez, yeah 2014 I, I don't know it, it's nice for the suns if we have to worry about him that's a good thing right i mean if he is man if he is just someone on the other side with the watch play it's gonna suck because i hate his body language honestly i think he can do a team wonders by making them just very very depressed on the offensive end i just i don't like what he does as a point guard all right so plus he's not gonna have the ball a lot in his hands but whatever they're trying to do maybe it's one of those things where it's like don't touch chris paul you know, Patrick Beverly with that push, maybe it's just something that they're like, dude, we can't have you back on that team now. You push it could be, ball. it could be a it culture. It could have thing. been simple as that, honestly. And they probably just don't want that anymore. And you know what? That culture, though, that's Memphis Grizzlies, right? That grit and grind they got going yes. on over there. So Patrick Beverly is a perfect fit over there. I just, I love that the Clippers got Eric Bledsoe. I think it's perfect. And it's, you know, Eric Bledsoe is trash. Honda ATC <laughs> says, yeah. But I just, I don't know, man. I'd even, I hated everything he's done since being with the Suns. I know I was a big fan at first, but anything well, he's done, like he can just bring a team down, man. Bring them down. It's like Doug Allen says in the chat, no one wants Bledsoe. And you got to remember when, you know, once upon a time when the, uh, the uh, Suns had him, I was never a big Bledsoe fan. I was initially because he could score, but the more I watched him play, the more frustrated I'd be because he was a two yeah. guard in a, in a one guard body and he couldn't distribute at all i mean you know you've heard it a million times maybe the jamsters haven't but i call it you know pulling a bledsoe when somebody get somebody drives to the to the hoop jumps up <laughs> in the air realizes he's about to get his ass blocked and then that's when he's looking to pass it and that's when he's aware <laughs> yes. of all of his other teammates yes. and he just throws it away you know and that's what he always did so i think it weakens the uh the los angeles clippers which obviously makes me a fan of that transaction uh patrick beverly like you said if, if they have a backcourt patrick beverly and dylan brooks like that's a gritty backcourt it really is, and it's. Uh, but again, losing Valachunas and John subbing, Morant, yeah, and, and John, yeah. yeah, John Morant too. Fuck, I, how do I even forget him? So John Morant, uh, Pat Bev, and Dylan Brooks. Uh, I think they lost. You know, Valachunas is a valuable player, uh, but I think that overall, you know, how how does it affect the Suns? I really think it doesn't. It you know, truly, I think it helps us because the Clippers kind of take a step back, knowing that next year they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard either. So the Clippers are already going to be down a little bit next year. Now you get rid of Pat Bev. Obviously, Rajon Rondo wasn't a huge influence on this team, but it does potentially create some buyout potential with some of those players, you know. Uh, but Pat Bev, I, I think the Clippers are like, I just, I we don't want to take the one game suspension, so we're trading it to Memphis. And I wonder <laughs> if that if they thought about that. Yeah, and who is his agent again? Too uh, what is, uh, is it? Is it uh, Rand Paul? So, yeah, Chris uh, Rip. Oh my god, I am blanking so much on this podcast. Listen, Matthew, more than usual. Matthew, do me a favor. Terrible. Take a lap. Take a Cliff. lap, buddy. Take a lap. I... <laughs> it's clutch sports. Yeah, that's the only reason he's on the team, right? He gets what he wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clutch don't care about the construction of the team; they just want to get their guys paid. So, 
We'll have there you go, though. Clippers. There you go. Good luck with that, Clippers. Enjoy having Eric Bledsoe back, and we get to go to some games and some boo him. I uh, got some mailbag questions before we get out of here. We reached out to the Jamsters via Twitter beforehand, so it's a reminder to everybody: make sure you follow us at Suns Jam because we'll ask you. Hey, throw some uh, throw some of those questions our way. And uh, you know, one of the questions we have from at Generic Suns fan, he says, "Just watched Paul Reed crush it in summer league," which we referenced a little bit earlier in this pod. He says, "I'm still mad we didn't take Halliburton at number ten and trade back into the second round for Reed. Halliburton and Reed are much better than Elf and Sticks." Uh, which is Alfred Payton and, and uh, Jalen Smith. Are you still mad about any of the drafts? And who did uh, who did you want that we passed on and regret it? Oh, that's tough. If we're talking about the like the last two years. I gotta admit, yeah. I didn't even like I didn't even like Alberton that much coming out of the draft. Remember, I wasn't big on him at all. Like I, I neither we of were us were. Our, we the Fanny the Flames know. guys were really big on him. Uh, Bill mm-hmm. Simmons was really big on on Halliburton, yeah. but I think both of us we we were if we were going to go point guard, we were more into Killian Hayes, and I was yeah. really into Obi Obi Toppin because I wanted size, and we got size with sticks. Um, but yeah, yeah I but, think yeah. Go okay. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, even the draft before with Cam Johnson. I mean, we kind of won that one, right? I mean, even yes. Cam Johnson is getting compared to like players coming out of the draft now. Like, you never thought that was going to happen. Like, I mean, for those that didn't believe in him, like he's he's in those KOC draft breakdowns where he's a comparable player now because he's just he turned out to be that good later in the season and the postseason. So I don't really have any regrets. I mean, if you want to say Luca, I don't even know that even, you know, not anymore. I just with, there's I'm not even you. one player. So and I, I just like, like what, what how uh, things are going. What Rick seventy seven says in the chat he says, I was upset we didn't draft Halliburton and Vassell. Vassell's the guy Vassell, that I really wanted. Vassell was a one we that were I both to. really big yeah. on, on Devin Vassell. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, again, we'll see how that all turns out. But kind of to your point, Matthew, like I don't regret any of it. Like you can't sit there and look at Paul Reed have a good game in the summer league and Tyrese Halliburton and be like, well, they're better than Elf and Sticks. Or, you can do it, but like I won't do it. And and say, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like, you know, because everybody you can sit there and say that for every draft going back, you can pick two players that, that turn out being much better than they were or what we projected them to be and be like, well, we should have drafted them. Like you could do that every time. But every everything is different. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo is a great example. Like he went, he, he was drafted what fifteen or whatever by the box. He ended up having that huge growth spurt. No one saw it coming. His talent, everything. But you can't necessarily say that that grind and that hunger were there if he had been drafted by the Lakers, you know, because they would have been a more successful franchise. And and uh, uh, LeBron would have come in and gutted the team, and then he would have ended up in the with the Pelicans. And like, so you just don't always know. I mean, so much. It's kind of that nature versus nurture argument. A lot of guys become who they are because of the. Uh, way that they're nurtured in specific environments. Now, granted, Giannis is probably not the best example because nature gave him such an amazing skill set. But there's some guys that just don't get the opportunity. You know, Devin Booker. If Devin Booker goes to any other team, does he become an All Star? You don't know because with the Suns, we allowed him five freaking years to really just lose games and just work on his scoring ability to where he's become one of the most elite scorers in the league. If he goes to Utah. He's not going to get that chance. He goes to Denver. He's not going to get that chance. So again, it's it's nature versus nurture. I can't go back and look at previous drafts and, and say, you know what, oh, I missed on that, or you know, I, I we we should have gone this route. We should have gone that. And uh, even going back to last year with like Devin Vassell or even Tyrus Halliburton, you know, who knows if those guys would be as nice as we think they are. Halliburton got a ton of playing minutes because he played for the fucking Kings. Like those minutes don't exist for him on the Phoenix Suns last year. They just don't. They really don't. And that's so that's how I kind of 
I look at that one. Yeah, yeah. Look at the guys we hit on too. We hit on so yeah. many like since. So I mean, it is just very difficult. And to go back and look on it sucks because you just got to focus on the team we do have. And seriously, I am so high in Cameron Johnson too. I know to you are. <laughs> four four of those guys in the starting lineup that are still improving altogether. It, it's it's something a lot of teams can't do, and they 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 just they can't pull it off. So the Suns have they have, and we have to be blessed for that. So I have uh, Det Nibble in the chat, which I just realized it looks like based on the way it's punctuated. I think it's a name backwards. I think it's Ted Lubin. That's the way he does it. Uh, so Ted, Det, who's a loyal jamster, always is here, says, I'm glad the Kings got Halliburton. It makes it easier for them to lose Fox in a few years when Fox joins the Suns. Fox is the one I wish the Suns would have picked. And I do agree with that. I was really big on Darren Fox that year. We needed a point guard. We had TJ Warren playing the three, and we drafted Josh Jackson. I was pissed. And uh, uh, Ted, Ted <laughs> says I am correct. I, I nailed it. So I agree with that 100%. Oh, I, was job, really, I was cracked really big. I finally cracked the code after all these podcasts. Uh, but, yeah, I was really big <laughs> on Darren Fox. Uh, who knows, obviously, what would happen. Uh, our next question from, comes from at Kyle Collins 5 on Twitter. And he says, reasonable expectations for this team going into next season. Win, loss, estimation, and seed for the playoffs. Whew, that's a loaded question so early in the morn. Yeah. And, by, uh, and by morn, I mean like it's more. It's the morning of the 2020-22 season. It's not even the break of dawn yet. The break of dawn is like the preseason. So early, you want to give just a, a quick kind of what you think next year's win-loss record will be and our seed in the playoffs. Do we know how many games we're playing next year? 82. Normal is it going to be 82 again? Okay. Normal season. Well, then, I don't know. Win-loss record, I'm not sure. But honestly, seeding-wise, I think the Suns finished the last, the top three. The I last, agree. The, the top three, for the sure. The last top three. But, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough because it's going to be such a different season for the Suns with everybody wanting to play them and wanting to prove themselves against them every night. It's going to be weird. But I think at least a three-seed would be good. Avoiding that six or the seventh and eighth seed is the best thing for the Suns. But I think they still have that in them. I think a lot of these teams in the in the West still kind of coast through the season, you know, do what they have to do. They can prove themselves in the playoffs. I still think that's a thing. And the Suns can lap those are uh, yeah, they can lap them in a way. So I think that they can finish in the top three, dude. But do terrible. Take a lap. They're yeah, now you gotta stuck it, you gotta stuck in my head. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna make them they're, they're gonna make them take a lap. <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree with you. You know, again, I it's tough to put the wins and loss record. You know, we can sit here and we'll do this at some point is once the, the roster solidified and we're getting ready for preseason, one of the podcasts will literally be this question. You know, is our expectation and estimation for the teams next year? And the big part of that is going through the opposing rosters once they're set and saying in our estimation, who got better, who got worse, who stayed the same? You know, and I really feel like based on the fact that the majority of this team, the core of this team is young, they will get better. They should be in theory, a top three seed, you know? So I can't sit there. You know, I I see uh, Daniel Thompson says 60 and 22. Uh, That'd be fucking fantastic. Rick gives them 55 plus wins. So I I can see us definitely winning over 50 games. Uh, But again, I'd have to really say, take some time uh, and, understand what else happened in the West because things are still happening. You know, like again, Eric Bledsoe going to the Clippers today, that really, I think drastically hurts that team. And I mean, I'm not saying Patrick Beverly's like, you know, the, the best thing ever to happen to the Clippers, but from a continuity standpoint, from an attitude and from a, a way that they play Clipper basketball standpoint, like, yeah, he was a valuable asset. 
And again, you have Eric Bledsoe who's running around there, just jumping in the air, not knowing where to throw the ball. So I think that definitely mm-hmm. helps us. So, I mean, Coda's given us 65. That'd be a franchise record, franchise record, 62 and 20. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And the Morris, whatever Morris twin is on that team, he has to make up a lot more of that <laughs> fake toughness. Now that Pat Bev's out. This dude. is true. This is true. It's going to shove yeah. other motherfuckers around. So <laughs> last, last mailbag question. This comes from at legend Joey. He's Joe from Charlotte. He's been on the show before. Uh, do you expect us to have a second two-way player? If so, any thoughts on who? Whew, that's tough. I am not good at this when it comes to, like the two-way contracts and like guys who are undrafted. I'm not either, especially if we don't have uh, our minor league team. Yeah, the G League. <laughs> you know, the G League. G <laughs> if we don't have that, I don't even know if that's possible, is it? Would the league even allow us to have a two-way contract without? Uh, yeah, you I'm know, sure how they does would. That work? And because, exactly, I'm right. I went through you. I don't even well, know. Well, it was like last season. So when uh, Jalen Smith went down to the G League, he went to the Clippers affiliate. So they still yeah, yeah, do it that way. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I just don't think I'm educated enough. To, yeah. I like <laughs> Jalen Smith, the one with two E's. Maybe he should be the two way yeah. player. <laughs> you know? No, that guy makes too much money over in Germany to come over here and play for $400,000. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It, it and, will. And I don't know. I don't know if there's another play that stepped up really, right? Yeah, and Kyle Alexander. No more Alexanders, no more Smiths, man, I swear. Uh, one last question. Daniel Thompson asked this. Do you think uh, Do you think the Monty's going to let CP3 rest a lot this season? I think he wants him to rest. I don't think CP3 will want to, and therefore CP3 yeah. will not rest. <laughs> yeah. the, the right question is, do you think CP3 will let Monty let him rest <laughs> Yes, <laughs> this season, right? No. Yeah, I want it no. to happen. I want campaign to get a lot of minutes. But, I do, too. I do, too. But, but again... I, I don't know. It doesn't even matter. He played the whole season, no injury, nothing. Yeah. Until, of course, when it mattered, right? That's well, when we started knew to get hurt. It was game it one of the fucking happen. playoffs. It was like, of course, of course. <laughs> yes. You, know? you knew it was going to so happen. That's all we got to worry about. And, and again, the like, playoffs. Th- those injuries don't happen because of lack, because he, you know, I- I'm so anti load management for a few reasons. You know, one of them is just that. When you see LeBron tweet out about how, you know, you've never seen this many injuries, you know, this is because of the way the season was played. It's like, no, it's not. Like the injuries that are occurring aren't fatigue based injuries. Like if people are like pulling hammies left and right, like those are the kind of things that happen from fatigue. But when you're rolling your ankle because you landed wrong, like you can't blame that on the fact that you played a Tuesday night in Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very against that narrative. I'm also against that, you know, the the load management because you know what the, the backbone of your organization is the fan bases that you're going and visiting. And to be excited for the Clippers to come to town and Kawhi Leonard's coming and you finally, you know, maybe you're a big fan of the way that he plays basketball and you follow his career. And then he decides that, nope, I'm taking the night off tonight for load management reasons. Like that's fucked up to do to fans, man. Like season ticket holders don't deserve that. Fans don't deserve that. You guys get paid a lot of money. Like go out and perform. I've always really thought that. Like I don't get to do that at work. Like, hey, guys, I need to take a load management day. Like, there's PTO. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a migraine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I true, don't do that anymore. True. I used to do that a while ago. You know, but, um, you, but a lot of these injuries aren't happening because of of over being overplayed. It's just it happens every year. It's the same thing in football, you know, where a guy just gets hit just right and, like, his knee goes out. You know, like when Dak broke his ankle last year, it's not because he played too many games, right? They were in the fourth game of the season. Yeah. Getting blown out again. <laughs> <laughs> the score was like 42 to 40 at halftime. Yeah, yeah, I don't, but honestly, and there's no proven science, right? There's nothing that's proven so far because we've had two full seasons, I feel like, of load management and even back to back years like we had, but I just don't think that it really proved anything. I think 
you know, there were more injuries, but it, they were weird injuries, dude. But I don't know. It's always going to be a hot topic. You know, yeah. I, these players should be more like Chris Paul, you know, play the whole season and then have a freak accident and then be <laughs> out. It's just that's the way it happens, man. You know, you can't really win. You can't unless you win the championship. Well, and I guess, you know, kind of the other side of the argument is like, well, if he has load management, there's less opportunities for him to sprain his ankle. And I get that. But still, like, come on. What's man. the point of it? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of this is pointless already. What's the point if you're going to just sit out one game? You know what I mean? What is? Yeah. The, what's the point behind it? You know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. Deep, deep conversation there by me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Debt nibble. Any explanation why Javali McGee hasn't signed yet? Ooh. And I, I honestly think that they're just working out some contract, you know, some money, yeah, if you will. Just to, to, yeah, he's here. He committed to it. If you look at his Twitter profile, it literally says that he's the Sun Center. Um. So he's starting like, center. How, yeah. Well, not starting, obviously, but. You know, he might think that in his mind, maybe that's what's holding up the contract negotiations. Like, no, I'm the starter. They're like, no, we got DeAndre Ayton, dude. Like, he's right yeah. there. He, he, he's, he's killer. He's like, no, I'm the starter. It's like, I will fight Frank Kaminsky on this. But I honestly think that, you know, with the mid-level exception, they're probably just trying to fine-tune what that money looks like in an effort to try to create more flexibility for James Jones to go out and perhaps get another player with that 15th overall spot, offering $4.5 million rather than the minimum or the veteran minimum, the minimum, yeah. if you will. So I think that's that. I'm with you. All right. Well, any anything else, Matthew, before we get out of here on this Sunday evening? What are you going to watch tonight? I did watch uh, Suicide Squad. That is a badass movie. It is good. It's I was really eight, good. I was giving it an eight point five out of ten, but I think it's a nine out of ten. It's dude. so good, dude. Yes, it is like perfect. Nothing. It was. Just, it moved right along. Everything yeah. was just flawless. And, and and it's funny. It's meant so, to be funny. John Cena and uh, I always forget his name. The other guy. The other guy. Yeah. Yeah. The English guy. He uh they're them two together, they're hilarious. Yeah, they are fantastic. freaking hilarious. Oh, so I am caught watch? up on Ted Lasso. I caught up on Ted Lasso. Nice. <laughs> Ted Lasso's yeah, great. Yeah. No, it, it's great, man. Uh, you know, it's it's a good show. Season two's good. The first season was just so good. So man. Good. I just quick I humor. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I got to binge watch it throughout the kind of throughout the week. So yeah. I you know, it's good, man. I like it. So so what are you watching? What are you watching? Uh, after this, like once we're done, um, I'm gonna watch the. I don't want to watch it. The series finale of the White Lotus, the most okay. mediocre show I've ever watched in my life. But I might as well finish it off. Uh, so what are you funny. Watch, man. Well, I'll tell you here in a second. But White Lotus, real quick. Obviously, I, you yeah. know, I work at a hotel, and so everyone at the hotel is like, "Oh, you gotta watch White Watch White Lotus. It's amazing." Like I watch it, it's so underwhelming to me. Like it has so much potential to really develop some funny situations, and it just yeah. misses for me. Mm -hmm. uh and that's why on tuesday it'll be my last day working at the hotel i'm finally you know, after 14 years working at the westin i am throwing up them deuces it, and, huh? and starting starting Damn, something else dude. in my life you gonna uh, everybody yeah i'm just gonna I, i'm gonna do what i always said i wanted to do on my last day is you go to a, an empty guest room before they check in and you go and you just leave a floater you walk <laughs> so when somebody comes to their, their hotel room <laughs> they check in they're like oh this is an um, look at the view of uh, the westin white tea scent Hold yeah. on. what's that smell like what the you know, like, just, I, I just leave a nice little floater for him, you know, like, welcome to the West End, turd. Well, I hope someone uh, takes a picture of it. We'll know who did it. <laughs> if somebody, if now if that happens, it's on my last day. They're like, if Voida did it, I swear. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I'm going to watch is I watched yesterday Oceans 11 and Oceans 12. So I'm going to watch Oceans 13 tonight because I'm actually uh -huh. working on a piece for brightsideofthesun.com, which is where you can read both Matthew and I. I'm putting together, considering that Oceans 11 is a great ensemble cast. I'm kind of putting together like a who would be who from the Suns and Oceans Eleven. Like, so is like 
Chris Paul, George Clooney, or Brad Pitt? And is Devin Booker, George Clooney, or Brad Pitt? Hmm. And is like Matt Damon's got to be DeAndre Ayton because he's the number th- he's yeah. the number three guy. And like, so who are McHale and who are Cam? So I'm, I'm watching the movies, reminding myself of the characters because they're great movies. They're fantastic movies. But during the offseason, there's not a lot necessarily to write about. So then I end up, uh, I'm just going to take the ensemble cast of Ocean's Eleven and apply it to the Phoenix Suns roster. So uh, stay tuned for that on brightsideofthesun.com. And so I'm going to watch uh, that right I'll have to yeah. rewatch it while I read it. They're good. You know? They're really good movies. They're so no, good. So they're, well done. They are good. It's just been a while since I watched them, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Jamsters, for joining us. Thank you, Matthew, you. for oh, what? I'm sorry, Coda Kid. I'm watching Sex and the City after this. You know what? <laughs> Don't knock Sex and the City. That's Dude, a good Sex and the City is a All great right? show. Sex and the City is really good. First time I ever saw an HBO though. Like I had always Shitty. watched it. <laughs> I had always watched it on like E or something with my wife, and then like I saw it on HBO one time. I was like, "Holy Samantha, put that thing away!" Like, yeah, they show a lot more than I was expecting. A lot yep. more than I was expecting. So, okay, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. Make sure that you enter the code Suns Jam at checkout on Shop Just Sports Online to get 15% off of any of your purchases. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it here on the pod. Subscribe, rate, and review via the pod wherever you're consuming this podcast for all your Phoenix favorite phoenix suns content and on that note we're out of here we'll see you on thursday 7 p.m once again have a great night everybody mm. go home and love your family terrible take a lap